You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. In uh, this episode of CarCast, we talk about the uh, world speed record in automobile. New new record. Yeah, it's fantastic. They did a great job. Friends, uh, set that. We'll talk a little about some of the newest, craziest uh, Raptor fighters <laughs> out there. We'll get into some auction talk and uh, deep dive into the uh, Tom Cruise mobile as well. First, chemical guys. If you want your car to look great uh, and you have passion and you want that shine, you need to check out chemical guys. One of the top brands in auto detailing for over 20 years. They want to teach you how to use their products. Visit when it's not enough to just get the product. You have to figure out how to use it. Man, you get one of those random orbital swirly uh, buffers yeah. in there. You can do some and serious damage. These guys got incredible YouTube channels, so many videos. So you can really learn how to, in their detail uh, garage, you can learn how to give classes. You can talk to people on site. They have experts there. Check out their YouTube channel and learn how to do it on your own. Over a thousand how-to videos. So why not take a minute and have a little pride and ownership and do it yourself? And more than just products, they have built a community there. They're the chemical guys, right, Matt? Yeah, visit chemicalguys.com slash carcast and use code carcast for 20% off your first order. That's chemicalguys.com slash carcast. Yeah, get it on. Got to get on a choice. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. And uh, welcome to CarCast. I'm Adam Carolla. It's Matt, the moderator, DeAndre over there. Hello. How are you? I'm good, man. Lots of stuff going on in the car world. Uh, you're driving a new Range Rover? Land Rover Defender. Land Rover. Land Rover. What is Land Rover and Range Rover? And why do I flip-flop that? Land the Rover time? is the company. Oh, okay. And then Range Rover, certain models, you can get a Range Rover Velar, you can mm-hmm. get a Range Rover, the the big Range Rover, the HSE. Or so you're driving a car. <clears throat> this new thing looks modern. Yes. It's it's a little more uh, austere, a little more stripped down, a little more for the for the adventure, more so than going to the Whole Foods in Santa Monica. Yes, it. <laughs> It's interesting because the Defenders previously, you know, very raw, um, uh, known for their off-road capability, not known for being comfortable on road. And when this Defender started popping up, you know, concept vehicles, auto shows all over social media, immediately I I felt like people were saying, this is not going to replace a Defender. It's too much Range Rover luxury ish mm-hmm. and not enough off roadiness. Right, and it turns out I think they I think they nailed it. The you know I haven't driven an off road, but it just won Motor Trends SUV of the Year. They talk a lot about its off road capabilities, and it is fantastic off road. It's got a little bit of and aesthetically, it's got a modern look to it. It does. So it. it it needed to be the right combination between, you know, let's say Jeep Wrangler or New Bronco and Range Rover, which is now just a luxury SUV. Right. And when you get into it, 
you realize they kind of nailed it with the interior. The interior is not completely covered in leather. It has all the good soft touch stuff. It has all the good leather pieces where it needs to be. But then the rest of it is, you know, like just soft touch rubber and some plastic, easy to wipe down if you're out in the dirt. It's got grab rails everywhere. It's got storage everywhere. It's got 15 different power points and USB plugs and 110 outlet. Uh, it has all of that stuff, and then when you get down to it, it is probably one of the best combinations of off-road capability and on-road drivability. Believe it or not, a Ford Raptor was at the top of that list because that suspension is so good off-road, but it's also very smooth and mm-hmm. just you know <clears throat> all the bumps right. you'd think out of 405, right. super easy. Defender 90 is great. The other thing that put off the purists, they're saying no live axle, which is a big uh, bonus for you know for uh, off-roading guys. Clearance, yeah. But and, and it's a but this is four wheel independent, and it does all of the climbing and off-roading that you would expect it to do. It's going to be the the good mix of stuff. All I right. I don't like it in every <clears throat> trim. There's there's a two door, there's a four door, but then there's like these saddle bags over the rear windows. I'm not a big fan of. And, Guys are uh, getting a little a little happy with that stuff. Like yeah, I've and the seen... snorkel and all this stuff. I was like, all right, but I've... if you're really taking it off road, you may want some of that stuff. But I drive down my street on the way here. The Defender that I'm driving, I think, looks good. And a guy on my street's got one with, like, the bags, the saddlebags hanging over the rear windows. I'm like, it looks dumb. It looks dumb on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if it was covered in <laughs> dirt like he just got back. Right. You know, and he's got some, you know, extra lights and a rope tied around the front bumper. It's like something. Yeah. But- you don't want one of those. You don't want it outfitted like you're at the auto show. And it's up on the fake rock incline, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and it's got the it's got the jack on the hood and all that shit. And it's like it does it does reek of of, of douchefulness. I, I get it. You walk into the dealer and that exact display is probably there. And they're like, you need a Defender. It's the most off-road capable Land Rover we have. Right. And you're like, I want it like that. It looks cool. And then you 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 park it outside Ralph's you, you and you're like, in, it doesn't look like it belongs there. You live there. in Brentwood. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, on uh, opposite side of the world, uh, car news, um, I got some of the breakdown on the uh, two Tom Cruise's 200 SX. Yeah. Well, let me do this. Before you hit that, let me okay. do this quick 15-second uh, uh, hit from our friends at Dodge. We all know that Dodge means horsepower and muscle, but did you know that J.D. Power just ranked Dodge number one for initial quality? J.D. Power also named Dodge the automotive company with the best driver appeal from mass market brands. So uh, there's never been a better time now to join the brotherhood of muscles here, Dodge dealer today. Um, so I talked to Troy Ermish about uh, the 200 SX and uh, what it's going to take and what it needs. And uh, the answer is, is it needs everything. <laughs> I was going to say a lot was his answer. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's always at the end of the email. It's like, but there's seven dollars worth of parts on it. We could probably sell. <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, well, that'll be good. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> so it needs an engine uh, L series uh, with a FIA head. Mm-hmm. The FIA head is is kind of a big deal on the L series yeah. motors. Uh, I think I have an FIA head on my six ten. Um, I'm almost positive I do. Um, so. Motor and all suspension stuff. Really, the real money's in the body. The body, the body. it's yeah. twenty five grand worth of do the body. 
Um, other than that, seems pretty, pretty straightforward. And you seems know, like twenty five grand for the body before you start painting it, and putting stickers on it. Oh uh, yeah, so some, just to some, be clear, <laughs> somewhere down the invoice it says paint. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know, and you try to think to yourself, like, what is that? What is the value of that car? Mm-hmm. Like, what is that car? Like, it's got it's got history. Uh, it's got Tom Cruise history, but yeah. as, as we know, sometimes that's neither here nor there in the, in that world. Um, but it does have the sharp livery, mm-hmm. which is kind of coming up. You know what I mean? The, the, I think the Bob Sharp, the cars with the Bob Sharp livery are becoming more coveted yeah. and a little rarer. And, and people are starting to see what Bob Sharp's contribution was to that to Dotson and, and that and motorsports. You know? Yeah, and there's no reason why they shouldn't. Um, clearly his his partnership with Newman, Newman sort of overshadowed Bob Sharp's, you know, involvement for, for for the most part. But Bob Sharp is should be, I don't know, just looked at every bit as 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 a Pete Brock would be when it comes to the Dotson and Nissan racing. Pete well, did a bunch of other stuff as well. But. Pete did a bunch of other stuff, but but Bob was a very successful racer. Yeah. So he has a lot of like driver of the year and, and that kind of stuff. I know because he gave it to me. <laughs> I got the steering wheel in my garage. Yeah. Next so, to his portrait. <clears throat> yeah. Painted portrait, giant Bob Sharp portrait. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, man, when that guy cleans out. He cleans. <laughs> he cleans, he cleans, cleans out. House. I don't know why he didn't want that. So, <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> he was a celebrated and a and a good driver. I don't think and I don't want to I don't want to sell him short, but I don't think he had a lot of international or sort of big game stuff. He had a lot of regional, local and maybe national, but what I'm saying is is you know, you take a guy like John Morton and it's like, yeah, he drove all the BRE stuff, but that guy drove a Ferrari at at Le Mans. I mean, that guy was in a Ferrari like 512 or something in Le Mans. Yeah. I mean, that guy's done Le Mans like seven times. You know, that guy's name on any car that's been to 24-hour Daytona or Sebring, John Morton's name's on the side of the car. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I don't think Sharp got into that. But I don't know. But I don't have a recollection of it. I'm not sure why he never sort of said, we're going to Daytona. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> but uh, still a celebrated driver and a winning driver and put together a real first class team. I mean, that guy pulled yeah. up in semi trucks with cars that were just superior products to the other cars. They didn't and break a lot. Fitzy as a driver, a very successful driver on his team as well. Yeah. And it's unclear Fitzy. I don't think Fitzy was like a Daytona, Le Mans, yeah. Sebring guy either. Maybe they just sort of kept it, kept it on this one level, this one scale. Yeah. Now he was for a stint, or maybe initially, Tom Cruise's instructor, right? But Sharp said Fitzy's going to teach you how to drive. Go down to Road Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Let <laughs> yeah. Fitzy teach you how to drive. Yeah. How'd that work? Well, <laughs> again, by by all accounts. Uh, you know, Tom Cruise, who just, you know, launched himself uh, strapped to the top of a missile to outer space 10 minutes ago. Yeah. You got a picture of a 26-year-old version of that guy yeah. with his fucking wife up in the stands. <laughs> so, Tom, look, I know these guys. I know who these guys are. They are 
The reason I know is because I used to be a boxing coach, and there was more than one occasion when I was doing a private lesson or whatever, and I would I would spar with the client, and I would I would give them instructions before we sparred. You know, here's how you do it. Here's how we keep it at this level, and blah blah blah. Um, most of the guys could do it. Some guys were incapable of doing it. They'd start throwing haymakers immediately. They yeah. just couldn't. Yeah. And you'd stop and go, hey, man, hey, it's getting a little out of control. You threw a huge, like, overhand right. It's not, form's bad. It's not what we're here to do. I just bring it in, bring it down a couple of notches, yeah. and they go, oh, yeah, sorry. And then you just start again, they throw a haymaker. <laughs> now, I, I've worked around a lot of those people. I have a lot of those people in my life. Yeah. It's just it's a bizarre inability. <laughs> Whatever's inside of you just sort of takes over. And so, by all accounts, it seemed that Cruz had skill. Yeah. And it seemed like, you know, he was learning from, from Fitzy. And I think he had a win in the car. But I think that thing would come out yeah. in him. And nobody, no team owner wants that guy driving his car, that thing where it comes out. You know what I mean? And so he was too, too, too aggressive, I think. And he yeah. got himself in a little trouble. And uh, Mimi Rogers at the time, his wife said, like, that's that's enough of that. Right. Now, I understand that he is a very good, a, a fantastic precision driver you know on on movie sets now sort of honed his skills by the way went back to Bondurant a bunch of times and just constantly trained and you know he's all about doing the stunts and he's all about getting the camera angle and the you know to get the camera angle of somebody driving aggressively you want that person to be driving aggressively and uh, he's done a lot of that and I don't know I I don't know what that means for him if he got back into a racing car and was in a competitive uh, a situation, but I think he could probably handle a car pretty well these days. There's no doubt about it. And although they're obviously they're kind of separate uh, animals, the you yeah. know stunt driving. I think what happens is is those and and who knows he's matured, slowed down, whatever whatever it is. Although it I know, doesn't go to space, doesn't, so doesn't it doesn't seem that way. Like, doesn't but, like he's slowing down. <laughs> there's some people that when you put a few cars around them and a few cars ahead of them, yeah, they just start diving into corners and stuff. Like they just, that's who they are. Yeah. I mean, that's why he is who he is. So it, with all the skill, there's no doubt the skills there. The question is, it's a sort of mentality. Can you pace yourself? Can you, you know, I don't think Newman, judging from some of Newman's moves on the track, he didn't, appear to have a lot of patience either. Uh, from- right. But when you start to think about a Newman versus Cruz, what is the value of a Newman car versus a Cruz car? And what you have is both raced, both celebrities, both successful actors. Newman had a lot of success as a racer. So his cars have value for his celebrity and his success. Newman or uh, Cruz not a successful racer. It was only out, what, two years. Not a very successful racer. So the car is value valuable because of his celebrity and a little bit because he wasn't successful. He was only out there for a limited amount of time. So now there's not 40 
cruise cars out there. And you I don't think there's. Them up. I don't think there's really any cruise cars out there right. that I can tell. And there's a little uh, Newman. A little of Newman's stink rubs off a little of it because you know he was there at all those races and probably yeah. You know, sat in the car at least. Like there's a little thing and the sharp livery, the kind of sharp this. The sharp gets you back to Newman, too, a little bit. Well, those are essentially, yes, those are bonuses to the value of this car. But, it, you know, look, for good or bad, it feels a little bit more like memorabilia than it does racing car history. But what I do like is, like what you and I talked about, you know what? Cruise is a part of the Newman story, and we have a Tom Cruise racing suit and we have a Tom Cruise helmet, and we've got some photos with him and Fitzy and Newman all together. Having the car finishes up that collection, that point in in Cruise's life, right? right. And I think I, I think they go well together. I think they're all more valuable together. The car with a mannequin, a tiny mannequin with a <laughs> with a with his racing suit and helmet on and a glass case looks fantastic. Yeah. I uh, I concur, so we'll uh, we'll move forward and uh, and see see where it goes, but uh, yeah, and also I don't the car had a life past its cruise life. Yeah, it, it was raced quite a bit later on in life. Yeah, yeah, and there's not a lot of tube frame to you know the Nissans are moving, mm-hmm. they're going up in value. Japanese going up in value. Japanese race cars are kind of. Yeah kind of moving and there's not a lot uh and the reason i know there's not a lot of them out there is because i have to make the entire fucking body for twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> out of paper mache yeah. so we're gonna start with plywood so um so there wasn't so it is kind of interesting in the nissan pantheon yeah with nissan race cars some of the stuff like some of the stuff we're seeing out there and talking about there have no newman connection or no right. sharp connection and they're still asking a lot of money for some well, of those Nissan the, race cars, two talked, frame especially. And we've talked a million times now about the next era of those guys, the Cunningham cars, you know, uh, again, Morton, Steve Millen, like the success that they, they've had in those cars starting to, to trade for a lot of money. <laughs> All right, let me hit uh, Avery Dennison here. You don't want a cookie cutter car, do you? No, yeah. nobody wants that. You want to customize it. Maybe did a tune, upgrade the brakes, struts, but what about the finish? That's the biggest part of the car. Everyone sees it. What about the color? Shifting, change, wrap. How about that? A shifting, change wrap with Avery Dennison Vinyl Wraps. The the creative possibilities of colors and finishes and textures are nearly endless. Express yourself and uh, have the car stand out. AveryDennison.com slash custom car. Try that wrap. Avery Dennison.com slash custom wrap. All right. What else in the car world? Well, uh, I'm not sure if you saw any of this, any of the video stuff, um, but SSC, this is the Shelby supercar company that um, I think they're out of Vegas. They they took their newest supercar, the Tuatara. Yeah. And set a new top speed record for a production car. That is true. Uh, I was told that. By Sean at the other shop. Mm-hmm. I was also told that by, God, probably maybe Pete Brock sent me an email. I'm, I'm trying to think of who yeah. the hell well, I Yeah, he probably knows them. They're, they're neighbors. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that, that, that was probably Brock sending me a, yeah. an email. Uh, uh, 
power plant. Uh, well, this is what's fantastic about the engine is um, uh, uh, our friend out here, Tom Nelson from Nelson Racing Engines. He created the mirror image turbos that we really love. Right. And uh, he's out oh, like, right. in Chatsworth. Nelson. Right. And um, he did that F-bomb Camaro that uh, that David Freiberger has and ended up being in uh, in one of the Fast and Furious movies. So. Tom makes the engines for this thing. He came up with his crazy intake design and twin intercoolers and mirror image turbos. And and it's um, – I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it's something like 1,300 – It's an LT motor, right? Uh, LS. Oh, LS. Uh, I believe it's LS – pace it's like 1300 horsepower on 91 octane and 1750 on e85 and they ran it on e85 they did 331 miles an hour top speed and then a two pass average of 316 um impressive where do they do that and it's it's always answers always nevada but they, they closed down a highway in like pahrump and they literally just did it on a huge stretch of highway it's a five five point nine with a flat plane crank, and according to Sean at the other shop, there's more there's more in it. So they say. Yeah, they they, they always say that until a tire blows. Well, that's and thing, everyone is, dies. That's what happened. Was the the driver of it said that there was a, some crosswind and. In the video, it just looks like he's doing nothing. Look, he's just holding the wheel, but he's constantly fighting it, and 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 he felt like it wasn't an aerodynamics thing. It was just uh, the wind, the crosswind was kind of throwing off the car a little bit. And he said between something like three twenty and three thirty, it it was pulling, and he 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 did that extra. I don't know. 40, 50 miles an hour in like five seconds. It was just kept pulling. And then he, he felt like it was getting to a dangerous point. He didn't do it by, by speed. He just did it by, you know, basically by feel. I don't even know if he had the numbers in front of him. Uh, and, uh, and he's like, it felt like a little dangerous. So like, well, it was, and now you've, you've, you've done 331 miles an hour in it. So this is a great in-car video. And then they have the, the car. Um, sorry. Todd Mesereau, who uh, I've worked with in different car things and Top Gear USA and all that kind of stuff, he was working on this, and he sent me an email. That's, okay. That's where I got it. It was interesting because I I have this uh, engine that's going to go in my truck, but before I get into it, I was going to ask Tom some questions. So I reached out to him last week, and I said, you know, I, I – want to come by, want to see your shop. You've got these crazy 2,000 horsepower crate engines that you're, you're turning out all the time. And uh, I thought I have a few questions. He got back to me right away. Nice as could be. Come by. I'll share any knowledge I have. You, you know, you should check out the shop. And I said, great. And then two days later, I read the news about his engine just powered the fastest production car on the planet, which is uh, and, good, impressive. And- and the car looks good. I, I, I don't know if it's for sale, if they're going to make them. So they are making them, and the, the price range is about $1.6 to $1.9 million, depending on the options. Now, they are talking about uh, doing a, a baby version, a naturally aspirated version of, I don't know if it's going to be the same car, just less engine and less features, but they want to make a four hundred dollars to $500,000 uh, car from the same company. Obviously not as crazy of an engine. Um, but maybe Tom's going to build that as well. Who knows? Maybe he's working on a a 
a non-flat plane crank, non-turbo, lightweight, naturally aspirated version, and knowing Tom, it'll still be 850 horsepower. <laughs> yeah. When is the T50 showing up? I, you know, I, I don't know when that, I, I believe... Um, That's the Gordon... The Gordon Murray car. Murray supercar and, with uh, the fan downdraft and not all the bodywork. Yeah, and Canapa is like the exclusive seller in the U.S. for that car. So I guess you have to go to him to, to work it out. But also he's, I don't know, he's going to maintain the cars, do the maintenance and whatever. So if you have an issue, it goes back to him mm-hmm. before it goes back home, right, to where Gordon Murray is. I don't know when they start doing delivery dates, and I don't even know that he did a lot in the way of, like, performance numbers yet because I don't think anybody's had the chance to test the car. Mm-hmm. Now, he just said, my goals were not 0-60 to 60 time or top speed. My goals were, like, certain weight and horsepower yeah, yeah, level. Yeah, I, I get And he's it. like, we met all those goals. He's he's doing a slightly more finessed, nuanced version. I You yeah. know, as the speed, as the 0-60 to 60 gets into – hypercar and the speed gets you know over 250 miles an hour it, it's it's no to me that's a fool's errand going for the the crazy insane numbers at, at a certain point you want to go for a style yes a finesse you know a sort of uh i've never seen one of those before what is that right well that's the combination of the whole thing that's why conversations with like a uh, uh, Konezeg are so interesting right because he's you know he wants to make a beautiful car and it needs to achieve certain things and he's not one to sort of rest on his laurels and go oh 331 um, I could I could do 350 you know I haven't yet but it yeah, might as well right <laughs> you know and but that kind of sort of friendly it, challenge I think is is interesting. It begins January two thousand and uh, sorry, January twenty two. So that's two. That's when the T fifty production begins. When the production begins. So it's a, it's but a little wonder, ways off. I wonder when someone's going to test it. Like, are you know? It would make sense the relationship with Gordon Murray that somebody like Dario Franchini would be one of the first to to hit the track with Gordon Murray's team and get some numbers. They're going to have to get numbers one way or another, right? They're going to have to just do it because everyone's going to want it. But maybe Dario is his, is his friend and colleague and the host of the video and all that stuff that he, he may be the, the person to go and extract those, those numbers out of that car. Which, by the way, to me, just sounds like a fun video to watch. Yeah, it does. <laughs> all right, so cars. Uh, I know there's been a couple of auctions out there. I didn't check. There was a... I don't know if it was an RM and Goodwood or an RM and Silverstone or maybe it was a Gooding and Silverstone or something. There was a couple of couple of auctions uh, just ended. There's some always some interesting stuff up on uh, Bring a Trailer. Our um, the Stratus auction did not work out at all for any of the cars involved yeah. except for VW Bug. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of an auction, the Stratus auction we were speaking about. A couple of weeks ago, um, nothing sold that they put on no. except for one car, which was a VW Buck. You know, it, it, it's tough to to launch something like this new. You have to get so much promotion and so much traction with stuff. And, and you know, you could be an expert in a field. You could be a car expert. Or you could be a website expert or an auction expert. But you really need kind of everybody involved they, to make they, something like that. So they have some. They have to grow. They had. More. They had our Cunningham Turbo Z, our eighty nine 
Terp 300ZX. That did not sell. They had your Jag 220, which I love as well. 93, no sale. Yeah. They had the the uh, Renault uh, R5 Turbo, the, the car cool, Turbo didn't cool sold. Car. They had a kind of low rider, custom, didn't sell. They had a... Uh, 924 GTR didn't sell. They had a Dino didn't sell. They had uh, nothing sold. And now, and the GTP Nissan didn't, didn't now, sell. Now, of course, either. as you brought up many times before, some of the cars like the GTP car and, and the Cunningham car and maybe even the 924, not a lot of comps out there. So you don't know where it's going to go. So them not selling is really just based on the reserve price. But there are some kind of layup cars, for lack of a better term, right? We know what an XJ220 goes for. We know what a Dino goes for. So with the right attention, they should just get what they get. They should just get fair market value, and they should just go, right? Yeah. And and we watched some of the auctions, and the numbers weren't even getting to that point. So it just needs a little more promotion from these guys. Yeah. So, you know, where we're at is um, I've been kind of talking about bringing a trailer for years, and I would say to Matt two years ago, three years ago, I don't get why someone with a Mira or a Goldwing is not putting it on Bring a Trailer. And the answer at that time from others and, and you as well was kind of like, well, it's not, not the right place for it. You know, yeah. it's, not, not, it's not the right venue for it. And I was like, yeah, but it gets a ton of eyeballs mm-hmm. and everyone knows what a Goldwing goes for. So it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why Why do you have to go down to Pebble Beach and be standing there holding a cocktail watching it? You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if, if Bring a Trailer gets 10 times more eyeballs than Gooding and Company's website, then put your fucking Dino on Bring a Trailer. Right. And I kept saying that, and I was like, why would you pay Gooding, you know, 150 grand to sell your Gullwing? Why would you just go to Bring a Trailer and pay five grand or whatever, whatever the nominal amount was and the answer it's so funny because i used to get these kind of answers in radio and 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 on tv and stuff they'd go because that's not the way you do it (laughs) you know (laughs) and and you'd go yeah but it stands to reason maybe not the way you do it yet but there's why if you can sell a gullwing you know you go to gooding or rm you sell a gullwing for one three you end up putting one one five in your pocket you go to bring a trailer you put one three in your pocket why yeah. wouldn't you do it there? And now it's pretty much commonplace. I mean, you go to bring a trailer. I'm seeing Lamborghinis and Gold Wings and Ferraris all over the fucking yeah. place. Some well, some don't sell, but most do. You know, it's it's not it's not all about the fee. It's also about what what cars felt like they were too big or too expensive to just to to make a purchase online and you don't see it. And you know what we saw was like Brigger Trailer was moving, what uh, was moving lesser expensive cars than say a Gullwing, and the big auction houses were moving them at their events. But then, of course, COVID hits, and what happens is is we start seeing high dollar cars show up on Bring a Trailer because you can't go to an event, and then we start seeing Gooding and RM start moving their auctions online, and they're all super successful. They're all doing well with those. So mm-hmm. I mean. Stratus is, is different. They're new. They've got some traction to, to, to make up. But, um, but yeah, look, all, the online auctions seem to be doing well. They're constantly doing several of them. We're going to get a taste of what could happen at, 
at a live event. Coming up this month, uh, very soon, is a Barrett-Jackson auction. And what they've done is they've combined what was normally their East Coast uh, or Palm Beach auction and Mm -hmm. their Vegas auction to one Scottsdale event. And what's interesting is is they're all very nervous about it. They're all putting every sort of protocol and everything they're trying to do in place. But also this is a test run for them for the big event in January, that's typically in January during car week and you know auction week for all the auctions out there. And so this is going to be kind of interesting is how how do they pull it off? How does it translate to sales? Do they get a lot of phone bids? Do they get people in person? And how will they have to change the rules for a live event? I get it because we keep talking about where do you buy the car and what fees. But to your point earlier, it's fun to grab a cocktail and go to RM and watch the you know watch the the British guy yell at everybody. No, I <laughs> go, I, I know you. You've got more money than that. I know. Put your pedal in the air again. My <laughs> my favorite part of all that is when that guy starts berating people because there's some you know there's some Ferrari Testarossa from like 1954. And it's twenty one point seven million, and he's like, "It's just fifty thousand dollars." Like he's complaining to the guy, like it's just, it's just fi-. no, it's fifteen million, <laughs> yeah. then seven hundred thousand. Yeah. Also, the ten percent fee, which is going to be two point one million dollars or whatever. And now yeah. it will have fifty thousand dollars added to it. I yeah. know you're disgusted at my poverty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he kind of does shame people into buying cars for millions of dollars. Yes, he's uh, he's everyone's butler. All right, let me hit driver, uh, driver, driver, driver. Let me hit uh, <laughs> Geico here. You want to save a bunch of money on your auto insurance? Sure, you do, and that's why you go with Geico. You hop on Geico. You spend a couple of minutes. You find out just how much you could be saving on your car insurance. And by the way, they insure, I don't know, RVs, boats, houses. I think they insure everything, man. So uh, take a couple of minutes. And again, you could spend 15 minutes online and save 15% or more on your car insurance at Geico. That's geico.com. All right, what else? You know, uh, without car show events and things like that, you got to come up with creative ways to launch cars and now it's not even just wait for a Super Bowl for your big commercial. You know, it's just like, hey, if you have, I don't know, the voice finale or something like that, that's where it's happening with, with epic commercials. And mm-hmm. most recently, GMC unveiled the new Hummer. It's an EV. It's an all-electric four-door pickup truck version. But this thing is nutty. It's Three electric motors, torque vectoring, a thousand horsepower, zero to sixty in three seconds, and we'll grab a, a photo or something. Who of this released thing. it? GMC. Oh, GMC. I know you said Hummer, but yeah. Well, it's GM, but they're going to use the GMC brand. It's all for it. electric. It's all electric. Now they're going to do different versions: a two motor version and a three motor version. Um, but it's 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 a big 
it's a big vehicle, but 350 mile range. Wow. The- Four wheel steering. It has a crab walk feature. So the, 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 the front and rear wheels can point the same direction and you can kind of move, oh. move over sideways. Well, I'll tell you, the torque on that has got to be off the it's fucking gonna be, charts. It's going to be thousands of pounds of torque because it's a huge, massive vehicle with a lot of weight and a lot of battery. And it does zero to 60 in three seconds. Oh my God. God, I'm going to kill my son. When I was fucking my son's age, (laughs) when I was my son's age, you know what year it was? It was 1979. Yes. And I was like, well, there's a 280ZX with Mm T-tops, and then there's a Chevy Camaro with T-tops, Yeah, and Corvette with T-tops. They're all slugs and heavy and yeah. fucking broke down uh, all the time and didn't handle and everything. And I was like, ugh, what do I got? And by the way, not like I can afford any of these cars, <laughs> even if I could, yeah. but they're still not even fucking good. You get to still go look at them and admire right. them from afar with their getting into – here's the crab walk feature. Watch this thing. We're watching this little bit of video. It's a crab walking past and they're showing the car in the sand dune. <laughs> did – did um. But fantastic. We talk about – When is this out? I, I think it's coming out, uh, I don't know, maybe uh, next year, beginning of the year, what, somewhere. What do you think the price tag is? They're going to start at, I want to say, 70-something thousand and up to about 112, 115, something like that. So the three-motor, all-wheel drive, torque vectoring, loaded version is going to be – I don't know, 115,000, but you can get it anywhere between the 80 is, and 100 something. Is, uh, did, did, did the Raptor kind of kick this whole thing off? Because we know Dodge is going berserk now and everyone's kind of going berserk. I mean, the, the success of, did, did the other companies sit back and watch the Raptor for a couple of years and go, oh, okay, they, we got to get into this? I, I would, I would say yes, for sure. The Raptor, was a lot of fun, very successful. When it came out, they said, hey, this is a factory-built, off-road, high-speed vehicle. And it was cool, and people loved it. And they realized, you know, back in the day when they were doing trucks like mine, like the Lightning and the Cyclone and the 454 SS, uh, street trucks, you know, were the only way to go, oh, we got to do a performance truck. And they're like, let's lower them, add some horsepower, beef up the suspension, make it handle better. We'll do a cool sport truck. And if it tows as well, that's cool. It's a win-win. But now they're saying, "Ah, we've done that, and sport trucks aren't really selling. Let's go after the off-road market. And absolutely, Raptor got a jump on the whole thing. And now Ram is getting into the mix with the TRX, which is going to be fantastic. What is that slated to come out or be, uh, hit the yeah, dealership? That's uh, soon. I think it's this year. Because they, they started taking orders already. Of course, Goldberg's order is already in. Everybody's got their order in. <laughs> what color did that – I mean, that enthusiast. <laughs> he had to get it either completely murdered out. Well, I'm going murdered out. Yeah, so his, his I, he wanted it like I think he all wanted a black out. windshield. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, but um, he got the launch edition, and that only comes in like like a like a gunmetal gray with black accents. That's but, a good look, the gunmetal yeah, gray with the black. Now, accents. that's not to say he won't get it and just wrap it in black anyway. You know, because if you're going to do some paint protection on it, but from what I understand, that the 
people have tested the vehicle yet, but they're still embargoed. They don't have the results. They're not allowed to hit that yet. And when they are, uh, the suspension is going to be fantastic. The power is going to be fantastic. You know, 700 and something horsepower. It's going to be nuts. Well, now we got a war because the next Raptor is just going to have to be a thousand horsepower. Well, the rumor is already that they're testing it. Uh, the new Raptor and all the spy shots are going by. Oh, that sound! It's going to have the GT500 engine in it. The 760 horsepower. Roland's V8. got his name in. He's got a he's got a box of chocolates for Babs on the passenger seat. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of Dodge, why don't you uh, wrap it up with Dodge? Yeah. Uh, you know we. Uh, you guys heard us talk about it uh, before, but we know that Dodge means horsepower and muscle, and now they just rank number one for initial quality. J.D. Power also named Dodge the automotive company with the best driver appeal for mass market brands. Number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. It's the first time a domestic automotive brand ran away with both awards in the same year. That's impressive. With enough, uh, with enough style, horsepower, and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true, it's no wonder Dodge is doing this. There's never been a better time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. See your local dealer or visit Dodge.com today. All right. I'll be in West Palm Beach, uh, Florida at the Improv. That'll be on November 20th and 21st. Uh, also, live Reasonable Doubt uh, during the day. Uh, we're doing on Saturday, so we're doing like a matinee show, so do that. Just go to AdamCarolla.com for anything you need and uh, check out all the stuff on our YouTube page and YouTube.com slash AdamCarolla. What do you got, Matt? Uh, just uh, follow me at Motorator on uh, on Instagram and you see photos of all this cool stuff. So, till next time, Adam Kroll for Matt, the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Driver, driver. Look at uh, Geico here. You want to save a bunch of money on your auto insurance? Sure you do. And that's why you go with Geico. You hop on Geico. You spend a couple of minutes. You find out just how much you could be saving on your car insurance. And by the way, they insure, I don't know, RVs, boats, houses. I think they insure everything, man. So uh, take a couple of minutes. And again, you could spend 15 minutes online and save 15% or more on your car insurance at Geico. That's geico.com.